Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles or smartphones or tablets and you want to look on today's scripture, we're looking at the passage that was read in Luke chapter 1, a story of Zechariah. Today is the first Sunday of, of Advent, and Advent looks forward to Christmas when we celebrate the coming of our Lord Jesus. It is the season where we prepare our hearts to meet him fresh and new, in fresh and new ways. And I'm hoping that this season encourages you to connect with Jesus in a, a deep and significant way. Over the next four Sundays of Advent, I want to talk to you about fear. We're going to look through the eyes of, of different biblical characters and the Christmas, in the Christmas story and how they dealt with fear. You heard the Zachariah story read. The Bible records that he was gripped with fear. In future weeks, we'll look at Mary, whom the angel spoke the words, fear not. Uh, we'll look at Joseph, uh, when, who the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. We'll look at the, uh, at the shepherds, who the Bible records, and they were sore afraid. Fear is one of those themes that runs through the Christmas story. It has a way of running through the story of our lives, too. Uh, think of how much fear surrounded our time in COVID. My guess is that you have to deal with fear regularly. Yet the Christmas story, in the Christmas story, we see God expanding our perspective and giving us his perspective on life. It seems that he's always reiterating, fear not, don't be afraid, don't, do not fear. Back a number of years ago, I, I graduated from uh, the Viero Leadership Program. There were 27 people in our class, and they were picked from among the top 10% of Christian leaders from across the country. And as we were leaving the program, we were gathered together for the last time, and we were asked to give one word that uh, would sum up what we would like God to speak into our lives. Um, one thing we were need, needing God to, to do in our lives. Uh, what is something that if God were, were to do, it would make us more effective leaders for the kingdom of God? We went around the room and people spoke their words and we prayed. But over the half of those words were about dealing with fear. They needed faith, courage, boldness, peace, God-sized release. The basis of many of those words were, was this war against fear, fear of conflict, fear of people, fear of failure, sometimes fear of fear itself. Have you, here you have the top, people from the top 10% of Christian leaders in Canada, and fear is one of the most, one of the biggest hurdles but fear isn't just an issue among leaders. It has to do with a lot of us. A lot of people, fear is their constant theme. In fact, uh, it's so prevalent that 
Sometimes we don't even notice it. We've learned to live with fear. It, it becomes our, our normal. It comes to us in different ways. But the, the basis of worry is fear. Many kinds of stress are fear-based. Much apprehension, suspicion um, have their basis in fear. I suspect that many of you know what I'm talking about. Maybe we have learned to live with it, but it still impacts our lives. I want to take you to the story of Zachariah found in Luke chapter 1 this morning. And I suspect after contemplation that, well, you might see yourself in this story. Luke chapter 1. So we enter the story, we find that Zacharias and Elizabeth um, are great people who come from good families. Uh, they weren't people who played church, they, were, they really walked the walk. Uh, the Bible tells us that they were both righteous in the sight of God. But they had this one major hurt in their life. They were both well on in years, and they had no children. I don't know if you've ever been with a couple who really wanted children, but couldn't have them for whatever reason. It is a hurt that goes to the very core of who they are. People who walk in this unique hurt question their identity, their worth. They question God. They have this deep sense of grief for what could have been. Elizabeth and Zechariah, well, they would have felt all of that, but in their culture, it was also a disgrace not to have kids, right? Because kids were a blessing from the Lord, and if you didn't have kids, well, you weren't really blessed of the Lord. And uh, Elizabeth was feeling disgraced. They'd been looking down upon. They had felt the loss, the hurt, the sense of not really belonging in community. And, and they had prayed. I'm sure they had prayed. But God hadn't answered their prayer. And then time went by, and there was nothing they could do. There's nothing they could do to change their situation. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't beat the situation. They couldn't pray their way out of the situation. All they could do is live with the grief, the hurt, the disgrace. For those of you who are hockey fans, it's like having to live your life in the penalty box on a bad call. You know? They didn't choose this. They didn't bring it on themselves. But it feels like life is going by and they're sitting in the penalty box. It just is what it is. Some of you know what it's like to live life in the penalty box. You have issues in your life that go to the core of your identity. Maybe it's some abuse that happened when you were a kid, but the results of it seem to continue to impact you now and how you relate to people. And every time you go into particular situations, you find yourself on edge. Maybe it's a, a bad self-image. The truth 
of the matter is that you don't really like who you are. You have, accepted, you have not accepted who you are. You know when you carry that almost into every situation. Maybe the issue is depression, physical limitation, divorce, or a wound from a parent or from a teacher or a friend. And you know, you know your soul is bleeding and the wound never seems to heal. Maybe it's relational issues or addiction issues or mental illness. Maybe it's even something you can't even put your finger on, but you know inside you're reacting to something, and whatever it is, it goes to the very, very core of who you are. And you've prayed about it. Oh, my, you've prayed. You've cried. You've read books. Some of you have talked with people about it. Some of you, well, so close to your core that it hurts too much to talk about. If that's you, then you're right in the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah. Well, back to our story. Uh, Zachariah gets chosen to go into the Holy of Holies to burn incense. Essentially, dice were cast, or they picked straws, or they pulled a name out of the hat. It says, uh, you know, they're... Uh, Lot, um, uh, you know, lots were cast. And it seemed like, well, Zachariah's number came up. But it was not a chance entry that Zachariah got picked. It was a God thing. Here's the thing you need to know. God has a way of getting you to where you need to be. Some of you think that you found this church by chance. You found this YouTube stream by chance. But God has a way of getting you where you need to be. There are some of you who are in tight spots and you fear that you might miss God. Don't worry. God has a way of getting you to the place he wants you to be. Ecclesiastes tells us that time and chance happen to us all. But if God wants you somewhere, he's going to make it happen. So Zechariah goes into this room where the altar of the Lord is. And this room is only entered infrequently, very intentionally, and only by priests. No one is supposed to be in this room. But all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appears in front of him. Luke 1, verse 12 says, When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Of course he was startled. There wasn't supposed to be anybody in the room. And he was gripped with fear. Then it started to sink in who this person was, an angel of the Lord. And his heart clenched. Now, God's perspective on Zechariah and Elizabeth were that they were righteous and blameless. Tells us that in verse 6. But Zechariah walking into the 
Holy of Holies to offer an offering. Um, and so I wonder, I wonder if I'm okay with God. Can't have children. Maybe there's something wrong with me. That's the human question, the human go-to response. Something bad happens, and maybe there's something wrong with me. Of course, that's bad theology. But that's often the first thing we think of when we get thrown into the penalty box. Now, Zechariah was in a room where he was supposed to be holy, and if God wasn't pleased, he was going to be toast. But the angel says, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Do not fear. The angel goes on to say, your prayers have been answered. You're going to get to have a son, and he's going to be a wonderful, and he's going to be a delight to you, and he's, he's going to be a very, very special child. Good news, right? But then the fear really sets in. God, if you would have answered my prayer 30 years ago, or 20 years ago, now that would have been great. But now, I'm old, my wife is old, we've given up. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angels, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Some people take Zachariah's questioning as a lack of faith. But you haven't been there until you've prayed all the prayers there are to pray. And there's no more prayers to pray. Where you cried all the tears there are to cry and there are no more tears to cry. And you hurt so deeply that your heart has been numbed. Now the angel of the Lord comes along and says, you're going to have what you've been praying for. It's about core identity. We've grieved it. We've moved on. And, and, and now we think to ourselves, as a couple without kids, you're trying to tell me that we're going to have kids now? Think about that wound at the core of who you are. You work with it long enough, it's scabbed over. Some messenger comes from God and says, well, I'm going to deal with that. You know what Zachariah was really afraid of? He was afraid of hope. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. It's better not to have than uh, when there is no hope, because hope that doesn't come about is painful, and it is heart-sickening. Have you ever been there? Maybe it's a marriage that doesn't seem to get any better. Maybe it's a wound from the past. Maybe it's a thing with your kids. People, I wish I could stand up here and tell you, well, here are four easy steps towards your miracle. But I can't. 
I can't guarantee that anything except that Jesus will come and he'll stand in the middle of your brokenness with you and be very, very, very faithful to you. But I want, what I want is for you to be open to the possibility of seeing your angel. Oh, I don't mean a literal angel, although I wouldn't put that past God. But however God wants to communicate to you, he may come along and say, now is the time for answered prayer. Could be a still small voice that has that ring of truth about it. Well, you sense that God wants to do something, but you're afraid to step into it because, well, you're afraid to hope. I'm reminded of how a trout, you know, a fish, a, a trout behaves. You can put a trout in a tank and you throw a minnow in the tank and it will strike that minnow, the trout will, and it will strike hard. But if you take a plate of glass and separate the tank in two and you put the minnow on one side and the trout on the other, the trout will strike hard and it will hit the glass pane. It'll strike again, not so hard. And then it'll give up striking out at the minnow. And you can lift the glass and the minnow can swim around and the trout won't react. Some of you have hit the glass pretty hard. I know you have. Life's been rough. You have scars on your heart to prove it. People, there's a time to, to stop hitting the glass. I don't always understand why things happen the way they do. For some of you, the best you can do is be like Zachariah and Elizabeth, and they became righteous and blameless in the middle of their grief, in the middle of their hurt, in the middle of their pain and disgrace. God sometimes does his best work there. Don't stop the work of God because you're in pain. Look for what God wants to do. But here's what I believe for some of you. I think in the middle of your private pain, God's going to say, and speak into your life, I'm ready. I'm about to do a new thing. Some of you may have felt God drawing you to himself, but, but you know you're afraid. What's going to happen? What, what's going to happen if I really give my life to God? For some of you, you have a sense that God wants to lead you into deep healing, but you've been afraid to go there because, well, the hurt is deep. Today, when you hear the Father's voice, Get ready to get on board. Hear the angel's voice. Do not be afraid. 
You heard Zachariah asked, how can I be sure of this? I'm, I'm an old man and my wife is it's well along in years. Well, here's how the angel replied. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words that will come true at their appointed time. What I, what I, what I like about this is that the, the angel didn't say, because you didn't believe me, we'll give John the Baptist to another worthy couple. No, that's not God. God said, I'm going to give you a sign of what I'm going to do. Zachariah, you're not going to be able to talk for a while. When you don't get on board with Christ immediately, he doesn't write us off. He, he calls us, he gives a sign. Sometimes he makes life a little uncomfortable for us. In fact, I, I have seen him in my life where when I'm not willing to take him at his word, my faith goes a little stagnant. And I get disconnected, and, and I often just get in that place of blah. And Christ gently nudges me and says, yeah, I have a new work I want you to do. Will you get bored with me? There are some of you who are afraid to hope. You've prayed the prayers and you've cried the tears. I want you to know that Jesus comes and he stands in the middle of your fear. He's going to teach you. He loves you as you are. No matter how broken you may feel, he's going to let you know how special you are to him. But there may come a time when he says to you, I want to do a new thing. I want you out of the penalty box. Don't discount that. Never write Jesus off. I know it can actually be scary to believe something for again, but that's the story of Christmas. Christmas tells us that Jesus came into a dark world and brought light. He comes into hopelessness and brings hope. He does that for you. So get ready to respond. Maybe this message is for you. Fear not. Don't be afraid. I've been where Zachariah was. One of my prayers, prayed, cried, prayed again. Five years went by, 10 years went by, 20 years went by. And the pain was deep and it was hard. And God answered prayer. 20 years later. I don't know where you're at. But here's what I am asking of you. Live faithfully where you are. But be open to God doing the thoroughly impossible in your life. You know, if I would have been Zachariah and Elizabeth's pastor before the angel appeared, I would have talked to them about building strong roots into God. I would talk about, you've done all you can do. You leave it in God's hands. 
I would talk to them about the fact that God is with them and is faithful in the middle of disappointment and in trouble. I would assure them that God is faithful and that life in the penalty box is not their fault, that he will make all things right when this world is over and we stand before him in heaven. I would have urged them to lean into God. I would have urged them to put roots down deep into God. Because sometimes, sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes we just live with the grief and the hurt and the challenges. But even when life isn't what it should be, I want you to be open to what God wants to do. When he starts to stir your heart and he wants to do something new in your life, when he starts directing you, I want to encourage you, go with it. Go with him. Because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we can ask or imagine. So when he starts to stir your heart, go with him. Trust him. Pick up hope again. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the story of hope. For those who are hurting, Lord, I'm asking that you would bring peace and grace. Help them to grow deep into you in the middle of the hurt and in the middle of the trouble. But Lord, I'd ask for those who you want to do a new work in in this next season you would stir their heart and you would help faith to rise so that they could trust you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, Take care and God bless.